Hello to everyone listening and welcome to the Property Insights Podcast by Select Property Group. Featuring different guests from all over the world, our podcast aims to educate first-time and seasoned investors to help them make the most successful property investments based on their objectives. I'm Amber Fur, and today I'm talking to two of our own property consultants based in our Dubai office. Jack Woodall, our Middle East sales manager, who has been at Select Property Group for eight and a half years. Thank you for joining me, Jack. Hi, thanks for having me. And Tigran Smith, our Global Business Development Manager, who has been with Select for six years. Welcome to the podcast, Tigran. Thanks, Amber. It's great to be here. So in this first episode, we're going to give a general overview of the UK property market, discussing why UK property is such a popular investment, the impact of COVID-19 on the market, and prime investment locations in the UK. So Jack, let's start with you. Can you start by giving a general overview of the UK property market today and how it's been performing? Yes, certainly, Amber. Um, I think it's a it's a good question, really, because over the last 12 to 18 months with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that's been going on globally with all these lockdowns, um, the markets all over the world, have, have you know, some have taken a hit, some have been prosperous, but for, for the UK, it actually has performed a, a lot better than, than what I would have thought it would have done over over the last year or so. And you know, if we look at the average UK house price within the last twelve months, as a, as a prime example, um, the average house price in the UK has risen by nearly eight percent. So that's a huge sign, a huge positive sign, really, for for buyers and and for those that have already bought in the UK to see that the UK is actually. You're know, having a, a, a rebound, if you will, but uh, also a positive impact following all this negativity surrounding surrounding COVID. And even before that, with Brexit and everything that was going on for the UK politically. So it's a good sign at the moment for the UK to see that house growth being around 8%. And that continues to climb as well. I've just read, I think, this morning or, or the other day about uh, Halifax saying that you know, the, the average house price, it, again, is, is increasing. So, great sign. There's been a lot of different reports over the last quarter or two. And I think one that really stood out was from The Economist. And, and they had Barclays Bank CEO on there saying that the, the UK economy itself set to rebound this year and have the biggest boom since 1948. So, that will be huge as well for the property market. It will further boost sales, which will increase prices as well. So hopefully we'll see a, a big impact this year with more buyers in the market and house prices growing even more. But it's a similar story for the rental market as well, Amber. If you have a look at the, the rental rates this year, they've been increasing, whereas I think over COVID, a lot of landlords, and, and rightly so, put a bit of a halt on, on price increases and you know, everyone was working with, with each other during COVID to kind of overcome the, the pandemic the best that we could. And that, that kind of put a bit of a stall on, on rental prices in the UK, which rightly so as well, I think was the best course of action for a lot of landlords, whether that be commercial property or, or residential. But this year, the UK just coming out of lockdown, we've seen a lot of a lot of landlords now looking to, to, to boost their income and, and ultimately with a huge, huge numbers of new properties entering the market as well. We've seen a lot more competition for rentals as well. So 
the rental prices have, have been growing this year, which is nice to see. That gives us a bit more confidence in the market if you're a buy-to-let owner, especially in areas outside of London. But that's really key at the moment, which we'll probably touch on a little bit later. But if you, if you yeah. have a look at Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham as kind of key cities that are outside of London, the, the demand there for property hugely outweighs the supply. So whenever we see those sorts of trends in the market, you tend to see that house prices are increasing and, and rental prices are also increasing, which is what buy-to-let landlords and investors should be looking out for. And certainly us as a as a property developer also look out for these trends to know kind of where to be building next and where to have our eye on the, the next location, the next hot property, if you will. So that kind of ties in quite nicely with what we've seen as well with our sales over the last few months, which is big rise in new landlords and, and existing investors looking to increase their portfolio, which perhaps last year they were a little bit hesitant to do so. And I know we had a few concerns from investors globally about where the market was headed during COVID, what the kind of repercussions of COVID looked like for the UK. But as I, as I touched on, it's been a positive sign this year to see the house prices increasing and rental prices increasing. So we have seen an influx of new investment this year. And uh, a lot of those enticed as well by the UK's new policy on stamp duty, the, the stamp duty holiday, which um, we've seen this year really uh, pushing a number of sales through with people trying to capitalize on that, which is a huge saving to be made. So a lot of people really trying to get in and, and secure their property before the, before the new stamp duty comes back into play. And of course, low interest rates as well with mortgages and loans from banks looking looking quite nice this year. So hopefully with the extension to the stamp duty holiday and these kind of low interest rates that are still hanging around for investors, we'll hopefully see sales boost further on that. But um, in terms of our international clients, um, what, what do you see Tigran as being kind of the big opportunity that they've seen over the last year, shall we say, with COVID, with everything that's been going on? And mm. um, how have your clients responded to, you know, what's happening in the UK? Yeah, so in terms of, um, you know, my investors, I'll, I'll go into you know, their sort of reaction and their initial anticipation as well. But first, I just want to say really good points there, Jack. Um, you know, some very strong st- uh, statistics even. Um, I really do hope the sort of house prices and rents, you know, continue increasing. And it would be interesting to see if we do, in fact, have an economic boom. Um, you know, as predicted by the uh, uh, Barclays Bank on the uh, Economist article, I read that as well. But hopefully, not too much, because I think if you have too much of a you know boom cycle, you do risk going into a bit of a bubble. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point, mate. So let's hope that it's you know sustainable growth, but also you know stays sort of sustainable, organic, and, and quite natural, really. In terms of you know the opportunity from international investors in the UK market, I mean it's still. Uh, remains very attractive to overseas investors because the fundamental strength of the UK market are still there. Uh, we still have a largely undersupplied uh, real estate market. We've got a growing population and still not really building enough homes to meet the current demand. So it's this you know, demand supply imbalance uh, that I think remains the main driving force behind why property prices and rents are rising across most cities in the UK right now. 
and uh, remains a very strong investment uh, location for international investors. But you're also right, Jack. You know, it's been hugely driven by you know the stamp duty holiday. Uh, you know, these increasing prices you know, within the market, uh, the low interest rates as well. You, you know, you touched on there as well. You know, they are certainly making a lot more attractive for you know domestic as well as international investors to to get involved in the property market. Uh, me personally, with my investors, I've noticed a lot of them. Uh, have become very eager to make the most of the undervalued pound over the last year. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when it was, you know, it was estimated to be around 15% undervalued against the US dollar? Yeah. Yeah. So that was obviously a huge opportunity for savvy overseas investors. You know, they saw this as a great time to buy UK property and pay far less than they would usually. Yeah. And I think just to, just to jump in, I think what we saw here in the Middle East specifically surrounding that was uh, a lot of savvy investors, as you put it, that were looking to, to capitalize on that, whether it be buying property or trading currency, because mm -hmm. I think everyone's under that impression that whether the UK has a, a down cycle for the time being, that it will always rebound and historically has done so very well. So I think that's a great point to make about there still being an opportunity even now to, mm -hmm. to capitalize on the, the low GBP. Absolutely right. I mean, it's really the UK's you know, political and economic stability, uh, which gives overseas investors that reassurance. You know, they really perceive the UK as one of the most safe and stable locations to invest their money. So if they see the British pound being undervalued, being down slightly, they mostly, I can't obviously speak for every <laughs> investor in the world, but most investors just see that as a good time to be able to buy into the pound quite cheap and they would expect it to go up eventually because of the strength of the UK economy. And it's also those who want to, you know, who see the importance of diversification, you know, in their portfolios, investors wanting to hedge against their domestic currency, earn an income in a strong, stable currency uh, will often consider the UK as, you know, one of their top, top choices, really. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's great. And like you say, you can absolutely see why the UK property is such an attractive investment opportunity to both domestic and international investors. Um, and of course, another thing that makes property such a stable investment is that no matter how the market's performing, you always have a physical asset, unlike other types of investment like cryptocurrency, stocks and shares, etc. Uh, but Tigran, we'll go back to you for this one. So just following on from what Jack said about the impact of COVID-19, from your perspective, how has COVID impacted the property sales market? Yeah, it's a very good question. I'm glad we're not going to go into too much detail about the uh, crypto market. <laughs> yeah, maybe seen, not. Yeah, we've seen all the volatility <laughs> there. I think we've all tried it and yeah, some, dabbled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in terms of the you know the real estate market, it's a very very good question. Uh, I think you know we all kind of expected this as well. Uh, you know the retail and commercial sectors uh, being hit quite hard, so. Hotels, shops, and offices obviously saw a drop in demand as you know trends shifted towards more online shopping. You know, lockdowns obviously came into place, and businesses were encouraging staff to work from home. Uh, obviously, there was a furlough system as well, and no longer really did offices well did companies need so much office space. So that obviously had an impact on the market, on prices, on rents. The residential sector, on the other hand, uh, maintained its stability and, and really showed us just how resilient 
it can be, uh, you know, despite the coronavirus outbreak and lockdowns. As Jack pointed out, you know, some of the statistics you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the real estate market, you know, in the, the residential sector did exceptionally well. I think it adapted very well. It sort of evolved, really. They had like virtual tours, you know, Zoom meetings, more safety measures during property viewings. Uh, so since last July, you know, the property market has been on the rise on quite a large scale, uh, fueled by the temporary uh, cutting down of uh, stamp duty, as Jack mentioned, as well as the Bank of England lowering the interest rate to just 0.1%. So those were very big factors, I would say, in, in terms of why the property market did so well and, and continues to do so well. Um, you know, due to this availability of very favorable you know, mortgage interest rates, large savings on stamp duty, uh, the real estate market's just been absolutely booming. Uh, house prices grew by almost 8% over the last 12 months. And the average UK house price uh, reached £250,000 for the first time in history. Uh, and I think they were saying that last year, we even broke a 10-year record of most sales agreed in a month. So it just shows really high levels of activity and transactions during the pandemic, which illustrates just how resilient the UK market has been in bouncing back. Yeah, I, I think as well to add, uh, kind of going more onto the, the sales point and us having new and existing investors that come to us and ask us for our opinion on, on you know, when to buy, what to buy. We've had a lot more investors recently put some more thought into actually, it's not just about location and quality. It becomes more about what the property is offering to its tenants. Because I think the lockdown's kind of got everyone thinking that, mm -hmm. you know, for, for a lot of people that do live in apartment buildings, they need to be able to, to work from home comfortably. They need to have those you know, kind of on-site amenities, facilities, all the services to hand uh, to, to, to make them feel more at home and, and rather than just being in a good location because you know, a lot of people have been cooped indoors for 12, 18 months and it's, it's not a nice feeling when you don't have those kind of facilities and things on site. So I think it's made a lot of investors more savvy. And, and rather than just the old saying of location, 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 which still applies, don't get me wrong, um, it does become more interesting to look into these different properties that offer more for the tenant and, and in turn the landlord. So we've definitely seen a shift in focus when it comes to inquiries um, and I think that is, is partly down to, to COVID and you know, people realizing that they do need more, but equally as well, buildings and, and more so for residential apartments getting better and, and just delivering on what tenants actually want and, and what the rental markets are looking for. Absolutely right. I mean, the, the good thing about you know, our kind of experience and, and you know the kind of tenants as well as investors we're dealing with you know as a developer we also have the you know, rental and the, the property management arm as well so a lot of the feedback we're hearing both from investors as well as tenants is you know things like the importance of you know gardens courtyards yeah. any kind of greenery yeah. um business lounges yeah the live workspaces absolutely gymnasium like yeah spin studios fitness studios yoga classes these kind of things that you know, we're still, you know, important and kind of picking up on importance before the pandemic. But now they're just seen as huge additions to any kind of residential building, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what we do well as a developer is, is 
picking up on those kind of that feedback, if you will, or, or you know, not not so much a trend, but it, you, you're right, it is feedback taken from our existing tenants of you know what what they want to see more of or what they really love about our, our buildings that they live in. And, and we've definitely changed our site into that. And, and certainly for our new projects, um, looking at doubling that kind of space, because it's like mm. you say, it's, it's what's needed and, and what they kind of rely on and, and come to love about living in, in the city is having those uh, features or amenities yeah. that would, would really you know, suit their lifestyle in a way. But mm. equally, it's you know, making them feel more at home. Absolutely. I think you've got to keep up with these sort of trends these adaptations, you know, when the market's evolving, yeah. if you want to you know, stay ahead of the game, because it is quite competitive. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I know that in JLL's uh, report at the end of last year called Home is for Everything, they were talking about those sort of changing tenant priorities. Um, and you're right that the top three were private working space, um, fast broadband and access to communal outdoor space. I think it's just gone a little bit more than um, just having a gym. You know, I think a lot of buildings yeah. just have the basic gym and that's it. And yeah. they kind of think that ticks the right box. But you're, you're right. You see, a lot of these reports are coming out that a lot more amenities are needed and the focus should be on those working spaces and, and business lounge, residence hub, those sorts of things that, that um, they're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we just touched on how um, location isn't everything. Um, but another thing that the JLL report picked up on is that Although COVID has accelerated this sort of trend of people expecting more from their homes, it doesn't, the research doesn't show that this is going to lead to a sort of wide scale deurbanization trend. Um, and actually, most of the top employers are going to be sort of embracing a mix of home and office working, which of course still maintains the need to, to be of close proximity and commutable distance to the workplace. So, location, of course, is still as important as ever, but Jack, I know the next episode is going to go into a bit more detail on these prime investment locations. Would you mind just giving us a brief summary of those? Because I know that where it used to be all about London, that isn't the case anymore, is it? Yeah, exactly. I think, um, especially for our overseas investors, you know, one of the first questions we always get from new buyers in the market is, what do you have in London? You know, If they're looking for an investment, historically, London's been that city that has, has proved very fruitful for a lot of investors, really, and and will continue to be an attraction point. You know, considering it's the capital, the business hub of the UK, and such a a tourism tourism hotspot with Buckingham Palace, etc. But um, if you actually dig into those numbers, I think when you asked me the first question about the the UK and how's it performing, and I mentioned about there being a, an average of an eight percent uplift in house prices within the last twelve months. The lion's share of that capital growth is happening outside of London. It's happening in the regional cities that are growing. So your Manchester's, your Birmingham's, these big cities that are growing in size. There's more businesses heading there because it's cheaper to run a corporation or a business from those cities than it is London. And and that has been shown really in the house prices if we dig into the index i think the average house price in london grew by about two percent last year whereas the average house price in manchester was just over six percent so you can see there you know if you're an investor it's going to be the six percent that's the attraction point and and not to mention the the average price of the property you know you can quite comfortably invest 300 350 000 in the city centre of Manchester and be 
getting six, seven percent rental yields on the property. It's virtually impossible to do that in, in London right now or central London to be specific. So as investment goes, it's, it's definitely the regional cities that should be the focus, not only for new investors, but our existing investors as well. And we, we've also, you know, seen, uh, quite a positive change from, from the Middle East office here in Dubai. We've, we've seen a lot of investors now grow familiar with Manchester and grow familiar with Birmingham, whereas five, six, seven years ago, you know, those cities really weren't on the radar. But with all the international travel now to both of those cities, that you can get a flight pretty much anywhere in the world to Manchester on a, on a daily basis as a good example. Uh, that's really put those cities on the map. So, yeah, I think right now with everything that's going on in both Birmingham and Manchester, as I say, even Liverpool, Leeds is up there uh, as prime targets. I think that's really where the focus should be. I think if you were looking at where can I put my capital, where's going to increase in value and give me a strong rental yield, it's it's going to be the Manchester or Birmingham is going to be competing for your money, and, and rightly so. And that's kind of shifted our focus a lot to those cities as well over the last couple of years. You know, we've really, really picked up on those trends, haven't we? So I think, you know, for in short, it's it's going to be the regional cities outside of London, that's where you're going to find the highest returns. And, and certainly that's where the focus should be. Sure. And, and as you say, the performance in cities like Manchester and Birmingham is driven by undersupply, which is only expected to increase as both have rapidly growing populations. Um, as you said, companies like Goldman Sachs and HSB Bank, HSBC Bank sorry, have recently opened headquarters in Birmingham as opposed to London. So I think as we see this growing trend of these blue chip employers moving or opening offices in these regional cities, of course, that's then going to open up more jobs and therefore will increase the population further. So, yeah, they're definitely two locations to watch out for. Jack and Tigran, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thanks for joining us on our first podcast. If you found it useful and want to stay up to date with the market, subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you, guys. Bye.